What's going on, team? Welcome back to Stock Market Movers, where we get you all the headlines, the experts, and of course, keep you on the rotation. That's what it's all about for this show. Today, we got a lot to talk about. We got the latest estimate from the GDP Now model. Of course, this comes from, of course, St. Louis. And we'll take a look at what the Fed is releasing there. I think it's important to catch estimates now given out at 4.1 hmm, we'll talk a little bit about that could that be affecting the market right now as we're definitely getting a nice little push we'll talk about apple right we'll get into how that affects broadcom qualcomm we'll get into tsmc and of course we'll get, take a look at triple b why i know that some people are taking a look at it today coinbase cutting some workforce and of course, we'll get into a lot of these smaller names that we're getting the lift today. Oak Street Health, Solterra, Aluma. These are all a lot of them coming from the JP Morgan Healthcare Conference. We'll also take a look at healthcare. Did the rotation continue to the downwards side? Of course, we saw those big drug manufacturers taking a hit yesterday. U.S. total petroleum given out today. And Crocs with a little pre-announcement. Let's get into the action. I got J.D. Hatfield today, founder and CEO, portfolio manager at Infrastructure Capital Advisors. Let's get to the show. There are three ways to make a living in this business. Be first, be smarter, or cheat. I can't help you cheat, but I can give you the informational edge to help you succeed in the markets. Welcome to Stock Market Movers all the market moving headlines and expert opinions every day they say money is the oxygen of capitalism and i want to breathe more than any man alive all right team let's get into the action i hope that you guys are having a great market day if something caught your attention or maybe it was a swing at certain times always let me know in the chat always i'm here for you guys i can always take a second away from the show so always let me know if by any means you guys see a big mover you guys see a stock that caught your attention and like always let me know because right now like i can tell you right now i'm seeing fslr uh for the s p 500 up about four percent and this is four percent from the open so this is interesting to find it looks like there was a passive stake things like this that's what i want to be hearing from you guys in the chat don't forget that you guys run the show. Lester, it's good to see you guys in the chat. The Crow, Wellness Matter, Beach Bum, and everybody, it's good to see you. And for any means, if you're new to the show, say hello. Always like to meet the members out there. And let's get into the action. You guys can see the SPY pushing up right now towards 389. Will we get to the 390s? We got to it earlier today. We went to 389. 99 let's get back towards that 390 are we getting a run before the cpi where will we be if for any reason cpi comes in light well kind of conversations we'll be talking with jd hatfield coming up don't miss that team as we get of course portfolio manager of infrastructure capital advisors joining us in just a little bit patrick good to see you team let's get into the action ATNF, the crow, always nailing some of those young, uh, smaller cat plays. We'll get into that action on what was hot and what was not crow. I'll take a look. All right, let's get into the first thing is, of course, talking about what has been the latest kind of data that came out. 
Okay, today we did get GDP now models estimate for real GDP growth to start showing 4.1%. Of course, on January 10th, it was up at 3.8%. And then now we're seeing that slowly come stronger. What is that showing us? This is just a model, right? Like we use the CME Fed tool. You guys can look it up. It's the GDP now model. I would definitely start watching this. I always like to learn a little bit more about the economic side. So if you guys like that, definitely look into understanding more of the model. But this gives us more that could we really have a soft landing? Could the Fed just continue raising rates, seeing inflation come down, getting inflation potentially maybe by 2% without breaking the economy? Or without breaking the labor market? These are all things that we need to definitely pay attention to. We're having a great day today. We'll get into a little bit more of the price action today. But as you guys can see, SPY trying to come back to yesterday's. Of course, yesterday's high was around 393.70s. Let's see if we can get back to that level. Even just 390s will be looking good as we come back, of course, to Monday's highs. We did get a sell-off yesterday around 12.15. It started and then started trickling down. If you look today, it was kind of the opposite. Around 12.15, we started getting to the upside. Now we'll look to see if we take out the highs. Of course, what are the, some of the comments? The Fed is what's holding this back, right? I feel like the, the market overall, it wants to drive. But what took us down, right? The Fed, the Fed and the interest rates. This is where sometimes I feel like if the focus slowly goes away from the interest rates, recession concerns, right? The labor market breaking, things like this. That's when the market wants to go up. And so overall, I think there are a lot of players that are trying to play for the upside. I can't blame them in this outlook. Now, the biggest thing that I think we need to keep in mind, of course, is how long will we have these high rates and how long will they stay? Atlanta's Fred President Bosick saying yesterday that rates would have to stay high for a long time well into 2024. So you can do one or two ways. You can either say that, of course, the Fed is bluffing here and just trying to think of it in the manner that, yeah, we're going to say that we're going to do this, but we're going to do something else. Other people feel like the Fed could even go stronger into that hawkish side and stronger into the extreme, maybe even past that 5% or 5.25% that is spoken about. As you guys heard from uh, Kashkari, uh, he stated, of course, that it could go up to 6%. And I think that what we need to look into now is not necessarily are we going to 5 or 6%, but how long will we stay up there? Because I think that that's what matters. Because if we stay at a, such a restrictive policy for a long period of time, maybe it's three months, four months, five months, how long will we stay there before we actually cut? And will we cut in 23? That's going to be the biggest things I think we need to keep in mind. Of course, CPI comes out on the 12th. What is the estimate right now? We got 6.5% down from 7.1. Of course, it took very difficult to get us from around 8.5 down to that 7.1. How easy will it be from 7.1 to 6.5? And what will be the reading that we actually get? Will we get a 6.4? Will we get down below the 6? Well, if we get down below the 6, who knows? Katie Bar the door 
SPY could be ripping through the roof. We could be at 400. These are all possibilities. And I think that one of the things we need to always do is have scenario thinking, right? What happens if this? What happens if this? And then being able to execute as traders is what it's all about, right? All right, let's get out of the CPI talk. Let's go into a little bit of Apple before we get into our conversation with our analysts today. As we look into Apple, it is bouncing back on the day. Yesterday sold off a little bit. Let me take off my lines here. No, you guys don't need to be seeing that. But of course, Apple, what happened there? Well, Apple's stating more and more. Uh, they put this out towards the close yesterday that Apple aims to drop Broadcom's chip by 25 and, of course, use in-house design. Of course, Broadcom, AVGO took a big beating and continued to take a big beating today as this news hit. And you can look at Qualcomm also as they took a big beating also. But at least bouncing back today, you see that in Qualcomm. AVGO definitely taking a little bigger beating today as it went down there. Low the day on AVGO went towards 549.99, pretty close to that 550 number. And of course, I think this is overall something that we need to keep watch for Apple, right? What are they going to do? What will be the next big growth driver for Apple? A lot of people start talking about like the Apple car. Well, I mean, I do think that they could do it. It's potentially something that could happen. But I think that's really ways away out, right? And so what are some of the things that Apple could do? Well, maybe address some of their margins, right? How can they improve their margins on their phones and their products moving forward? Well, probably focusing on in-house design more and more, right? Of course, that is going to take some research spent. But in the long run, if Apple could pretty much put everything inside their phone and it's their design, that's going to help them. Big time. Of course, this is going to take away from Broadcom that has a revenue exposure of about 20% to Apple. And Qualcomm uh, has about 22% exposure. Of course, we need to keep this on watch. We'll see what happens out of this. And I think this is going to be a continued battle, right? Of course, I think Qualcomm will find ways to get around this. And so will AVGO. But will this affect the bottom line? Yeah. And of course, we got to keep this in mind that Apple mentioned this. And this would be in 2025. We're still a little bit of ways away from here as it's 2023, right? Of course, TSM also reporting some quarterly revenues. And I think that that's another thing to keep in mind. You saw TSM kind of going sideways. Of course, they got the Warren Buffett kind of lift when we got into the 80s. Now we're back into that. TSMC's Q4 revenue grew 43% about $20.6 marking its first quarterly revenue miss in two years. I think that's something definitely to keep in mind. Of course, we're in a little bit of a weaker environment here for TSM. I've been staying away from this trade a little bit, but I, I did watch this gap kind of fill in here. Now we're coming back. Will we make that next step up and go back towards the 85? Of course, I've been staying away from TSM just because I have my own concerns with kind of political situations, but it does look like it's setting up for a nice little push to 85. I think we've gapped up a little bit too far here, eventually probably fill in some of this gap, but just continue watching it. If it can keep holding this 75 and start pushing back there towards the 200 day, 
We'll see if this starts changing up. Of course, Warren Buffett will keep an eye on to see if he buys any more of TSM. It's not a bad stock to keep watch. All right, getting out of TSM, we'll get into our interview in just a few seconds. Like always, team, you guys run the show also. So if you guys have a question for our analysts, that's what it's all about here, where you get a competitive advantage from, let's say, watching those other medias. We're not going to mention the names here. But like always, on those medias, a lot of the times, what do you see? A lot of running off of the analysts, trying to get more emotions. We're here to get you the information and, of course, give you the opportunity to ask a question. So feel free to throw some up in the chat. I'll make sure to grab one towards the end. Let's get right into our interview today. All right, let's bring on here J.D. Hatfield, CEO and Portfolio Manager at Infrastructure Capital Advisors. It's good to have you back on, Jay. Thanks, Mitch. It's great to be on. Always great to have you here. Now, let's first start off with just an outlook, basic outlook into 2023. Where does the narrative go? And what are some of the major events that investors should be looking for to see if they even happen in the new year? We're um, probably in the top quartile or even decile of optimism for the year. We're projecting the uh, S&P, sorry, ends the year at 4,500. So that'd be well over 10% gain. And I would say that we're not perpetual bulls. If you read read our outlook uh, last year that we gave at the end of last year, um, we were projecting a, what we called adult swim for the market, <laughs> that tech stocks would substantially underperform, the S&P would underperform and the Dow would outperform and Bitcoin would get smashed. So just as context. <laughs> and our rationale for the 4,500 is that we strongly believe inflation actually peaked in June of last year. <clears throat> and we have a proprietary indicator <clears throat> index, really. It's the, um, we call it CPI-R. So it's real-time inflation. That turned negative in October. Um, what that does is just simply take um, housing prices and substitutes it in for the uh, BLS's flawed shelter. So mm-hmm. we think the Fed is way behind the curve. <clears throat> Inflation is going to drop more rapidly than expected. Interest rates are going to come down, which will drive stock prices higher. So that's why we're bullish is, is insights on inflation and the fact that it's coming down very rapidly. And let's talk a little bit about that. Of course, CPI coming in in just two days now with the estimates right around 6.5% and the prior reading coming in at 7.1%. What are your expectations for this CPI report? Should we be looking potentially maybe a surprise light or could it potentially even be coming in hot? Well, one good news is, as you're indicating, if you look year over year, we're automatically going to drop. Because all the terrible, what the Fed doesn't appreciate, there's this a 5% bleed through to core of energy prices. So, you know, the Ukraine war hit in the first quarter, um, energy prices rose about 70%. And then that bleeds through to core and that continued through about noon. Um, sorry, that's it's good to be interrupted by your own service, I guess, but um, <laughs> turn that off. Um, 
but in any case, so the um, um, so the worst of inflation was the first six months. So we're automatically going to lap that, which is positive. We actually have an estimate for CPI that's a little bit hot. The monthly is 0.3 core. We're at 0.4. But caveats on that. First of all, there's a lot of volatile components. So we could be wrong. But there is a dynamic that will carry out for through the first six months, which is shelter is 41 or 42% of core. And it's very sticky because the BLS does this six-month lagged survey for part of it. Yeah. So we could continue to get these prints that are seem relatively high when like if you look at our index, it's actually negative. So we're more I'm not predicting that it's going to be bad, but more fearful that CPI could be print hot. But um, we're going to look at that as a buying opportunity because then you're getting into earnings season and we think earnings season is going to be strong except maybe for tech. But the whole economy stocks that we traffic in, we think are doing well. I, I kind of agree with that too, Jay. Um, just to kind of bring in, we just got recent comp, uh, comments from Mary Daly speaking about how she had not seen core service inflation come down as we would like. And so I'm expecting also potentially maybe we see uh, that that hasn't cut down as much as we expect. We are starting to see at least, like you said, the real pricing, right? Even rent prices starting to come down, maybe not as fast as some hope, but something to keep in watch. Let's talk about those earnings. It looks like earnings season's about to start. What do you think about this earnings season coming? And do you expect to see some more maybe pre-announcement kind of tape bombs hitting the tape? Well, fortunately, we're through most of the pre-announcement. So it's really going to be, if there's a big miss, it'd be on guidance. Yeah. So the companies come in line and then they say, oh, next quarter is going to be terrible because we're in a recession. But again, I would draw the distinction between tech stocks and then the old economy because most of the old economy stocks are more focused on the United States. And clearly the United States is the strongest economy in the world by far, particularly with China stumbling. So domestic companies like REITs, the companies we traffic in, utilities, consumer staples, um, energy pipelines, those companies are very, very likely to pr produce to um, not only um, report strong earnings, but also, you know, good guidance, at least in line guidance. <laughs> Where we're worried about is the tech stocks because you have a pandemic, instead of getting a benefit from the pandemic recovery, which most of those stocks I mentioned do, you know, particularly energy and pipelines, <laughs> but you have this hangover where people were probably buying too much tech. And then also this quarter is a good one to be cautious on tech because the dollar dropped, but it wasn't enough to really impact the quarter. So the, the dollar being weak, which we do forecast, is likely to benefit tech stocks, but more in this year than last. And since we're reporting last year, so we're not saying sell every tech stock you own, but I would just be cautious about it unless you have some insight into their earnings and why they're not going to be impacted by you know continued headwinds from currency and the pandemic overhang and possibly overvaluation. All right. I think, you know, this is a little bit more short term thought, but I know that uh, we caught yesterday. Yesterday's uh, equity put to call ratio was around 0.58 lowest reading since pretty much December 2nd. Um, of course, you could take this with a grain of salt. What do you think it is as we are seeing a little bit of a rally here in the SPY? Do you think maybe we're getting a little bit of a positive outlook for the CPI report? 
I think that we that people are a lot like us where they are fearful that it might print hot. And then so they were just turning and burning around, you know, these uh you know, the 50 day moving average yeah. with resistance, you know, um, uh, you know, right around this, we have all these moving averages that are just all bunched yeah. right around this area. So we're kind of in a battleground. So the way we're trading it, cause we have one fund where we're pretty active intraday. <clears throat> we're trading it as just range bound through CPI because nobody wants to get super long or super short ahead of that. But like I said, if it does print hot or, or even if it, it prints cool, the market's up, we think that would make sense or buy it on the way down because then we're into real data. What's bad about, you know, late in the quarter, like December was pretty bad for particularly funds we own, is that there's no real information. So you get a lot of momentum trading, a lot of algos kick in from quantitative hedge funds. And so whatever was down for the year continues to go down. Then you start a new year and that, that kind of resets the slate. So we think that that for earnings will be a positive catalyst overall, um, you know, keeping in mind that maybe not for tech stocks. So you have a potential blow up from one of the big tech stocks. But if you own dividend stocks like we recommend in this market, at least be conservative, that you, this should be a positive catalyst for you. And we've already seen that one of our funds, our preferred fund which we've recommended in the past is up like a ridiculous amount for the year already because it just people sold it too much last year. And now they're buying back into it. Definitely. Now, one area, of course, to watch for investors is where does the sector rotation go this year? Any thoughts on what could be leading? You know, it, it's a little bit too ta tactical maybe, but it's, it's almost like a, I guess, a double breaking putt in the sense that, I would still be cautious, like we were recommending preferreds and REITs because they're interest sensitive yeah. for the first six months, because we do think rates will decline as the Fed continues to be hawkish, because, again, you can get an inversion. So the lower expecta expectations are for growth and the lower rates go. So the rate sensitive, the dividend stocks, we'd probably be in those. But to be fair, we think that, you know, if the Fed pauses in May, which we're projecting, then and we don't have a big recession then probably we'll have a major rally and a major rally high beta stocks are going to outperform yeah and so that means tech stocks and if we're correct about earnings uh, being pressured last year for tech more than this year so the dollar should continue to weaken because the fed's ahead of everybody and that's positive for tech stocks so i think it's a little bit early to go, go all in on tech stocks but i would kind of get have some powder dry powder so if the fed pauses in may which is what they're kind of projecting, then you're ready. And I would point out too that we forecast PCE, which is what the Fed uh, Fed uses. And our forecast is it drops below, this is core, 3% in June. And the reason for that is housing, which is sticky and lagged, is only 16% of PCE, but it's 40 uh, and it's 33 of the total for CPI. So that mm -hmm. anomaly that could hurt us on Thursday doesn't exist for the PCE. So it is a better index in that respect. So even the Fed, which is incompetent and usually about 12 months behind the curve in their forecasting, even they can read and see that the 12 month PCE is below three and it's time to at least pause. So we think they'll catch a clue you know, sometime in the first half and that will be the signal 
to go into the riskier stocks. Now, maybe the market's efficient, which it often is not, and that happens early. So we're not saying, you know, short tech stocks here, but it just seems like a better risk reward when the Fed's closer to pausing versus coming on and doing open mouth operations every day and talking down the market. Yeah, I know uh, it's going to be tough here. I think one of the things that you're stating there, it seems like there's still potential of a soft landing. So I'd have to ask you, what if you feel that there could be a soft landing, you can go ahead and give that answer. But I had to ask here, what do you think would come first if for any reason no soft landing? Is it the labor market cracking or does the Fed just create some financial instability here? Well, the normal, it's important to look at the normal cycles. So there's been 11 recessions, except for the pandemic, since World War II. The Fed tightened every single time before it. So the Fed causes recessions. So they don't just spontaneously develop. That's something a lot of people don't recognize. <clears throat> and then what normally happens is they raise short-term rates, which drives long-term rates. And then the housing market crashes and the auto market and consumer durables, because that you have to borrow money for that. And there's mass layoffs. And then the mass layoffs mean there's less consumer demand and then the rest of the economy goes. But the reason that we think we're more resilient this year is really because, partly because of the pandemic, we really weren't building very many homes, even though there's a booming prices. Like normally when there's booming prices, there's boom in production. Yeah. We didn't have that. Like in the 07, 08, we, were, we had 4.5 million homes for sale in 07, 08. Because everybody was just like, it was like Bitcoin, like, okay, let's create a new coin, let's build a new house. So you had that boom. And then when it ended, everybody had to be laid off because we had like three years supply of homes. Here, there's an index that shows total homes for sale is 1.6 million. So it's new and existing versus 4.5 million in, you know, 07, 08 at the high. So this is an all time low. So the chances of mass layoffs in these interest sensitive sectors is very low. And if there's no mass layoffs, which is why employment's been robust, then you really can't have a recession. So that's our rationale. But normally, to be fair, normally when the Fed tightens and it's inverted curve, you do have a recession. So everybody should be aware of that too. This would be an anomaly created by a combination of the overhang from 07, 08 housing crisis, because we never really started building a lot of houses and the the pandemic where people couldn't get the materials to build houses. So it's a little bit, should be cautious when you're predicting an anomaly, but that's what the data shows to us. And I would also throw in that we've had this big uh, decline in energy prices, not just gasoline, which everybody sees because it rotates, you know, as you put it into your tank, but electricity and gas prices. So electricity and gas prices wholesale are down 60% in the last two months. And you might say, well, I don't care because I trade tech stocks, but that puts money in every consumer's pocket, uh, particularly in the gasoline, but over time on electricity prices, because natural gas drives electricity prices. So these bullish factors, like this is a good thing about your show, because we take a little bit more time, yeah. is that you can hear this data, whereas if I'm on, I go on other programs as well, and they don't have time to talk about these the details, but that's why... You know, we do a lot of work to come up with a view that to be bullish. We're not just coming up with random ideas. Mm -hmm. And so that's the data where you could get bullish in that you see that the consumer is very strong, employment strong, and the normal recessionary 
factors do clearly do not exist that have, have happened in the last 11. Well, I thank you very much, Jay, for taking the time. Not only just give us the outlook, right, is actually going in there. And like you stated about the housing market, these are different times. And I feel like a lot of the times we always try to, you know, historical reference back to older markets and different times. But you're right. This is a little bit different. We've never gone through this moment. And I think a lot of that came out of the pandemic, a lot of that with, of course, the quantitative easing that we got during that cycle. And now, unfortunately, we've got to see a little bit of quantitative tightening, but it looks like we're not breaking anything. The labor market hanging in there. And and if that can hang on for just a little bit longer, like you're seeing the PCE come down to 3%, well, potentially there could be that soft landing. Appreciate you bringing up all the insights, little details. That's what it's all about. Thank you, Jay, for joining us today. Thanks, it's always great to be on Mitch. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. That's what it's all about. And definitely keep watch on the housing. You could see here that Jay giving you the insight that about how the CPI focuses more and more on that side, right? Well, PCE doesn't. So let's also focus on the PCE a little bit more. The Fed consistently tells us that PCE is what they look at. It could very much be because they know how that lag comes in the housing sector and that the, that data takes a while to come down in the CPI compared to, let's say, the PCE. All right, let's get back towards the market. We'll take a look at the action. Hope that you guys enjoyed me taking the time there with JD. Because like always, one of the things that you don't get from a lot of the medias is the little small details. Let's get back to the action. SPY right now towards 389.05. Let's see what's going on. Will we get into the 390s? You can see we slightly ticked in there around the 115. 389.39s. Let's get up there. Let's see if we get into the 390s here and get a little bit of a run. Uh, we'll see if we get that lift. It's right around there. Let's start seeing if we get the push. All right. Let's keep going into the markets. What else is going on right now? Of course, some eyes are on the potential bankruptcy story of Bed Bath & Beyond. Their earnings came out today. So let's talk about their earnings. Adjusted EPS missing here. Came in at a loss of $3.65. Missing the $2.11 estimate. Sales at $1.26 billion. Missed the $1.34 billion estimate. But still getting a lift today. As you guys see it up there to $2, it seems to me, you know, a lot of the day traders trying to jump on the momentum. Now, one thing to keep in mind, of course, is the long run outlook for Triple BY. Do I think this is coming back by any means? Personally, I don't think so. But like always, you guys make your own investment decisions. It just looks very, very scary, this chart. It just doesn't look like it's going to be able to come back. And even if it can make up some of the gap, maybe make a, close the gap there, low there of 225. We went up to 224 today. Maybe that's all we get, right? Just that 224 level. We'll see what happens as they get back there to the intraday high of 224 and takes it out. Of course, a lot of volume being traded in this stock right now. And a lot of that, I think, is just retail and kind of more of your day traders trying to jump on a big move or short squeeze. I don't expect that it will happen in a stock like this. All right, let's keep going. We, we could take a look at some different uh, stocks, but I do want to get into what was hot and what was not. 
Then we'll get back into the headlines. And of course, if you guys have any ticker that's on your radar, we'll catch it. All right, let's get back to the action here. Let's go into what was hot and what was not. This is where we take a look at the sectors and industries that were moving today and what was in underneath the hood. All right, so you guys can see here, I always put it from the percentage change open, right? We're taking a look. Healthcare is leading today after being kind of one of the weaker sectors yesterday, getting hit hard, especially the drug manufacturers, the major ones. Those getting a little bit of a bounce back today, AZN, a little bit of a bounce back, BMY, a little bit of a bounce back, Merck, but it's not a big rip back, right? It was a big hit yesterday. Will these be able to hang on? Something to keep in mind. Rotation sometimes goes away for a while and then comes back. What I would be looking at as chart like on Merck is just giving myself like maybe the 50% retracement level that slowly it comes into play somewhere around the 101 level. We'll look to see if we get back to there and able to catch a dip in these healthcare names because I do think this is going to be a dip to be bought. But they're overcrowded and they could start turning back and pulling some of that recent gain. Energy also on the red side today. I just want to bring that up to just make sure that we keep this in mind because we did get some numbers released that could shake things up because it started with a little bit of a bull trap, came down towards a support, and then we got some release of some data today, U.S. total petroleum consumption to rise by 170 barrel, uh, 170,000 barrels a day to two to 20.44 million barrels a day in 2023 versus the previous forecast of 150,000 rise of barrels a day. And I think the important part here is not only necessarily that our consumption could be rising, but also China's consumption could be rising, right? If we if they are going to get into that reopening mode, will this create the next drive in ExxonMobil? I think we might get another push here towards maybe all-time highs. Um, back here towards the, kind of this 114, 115 area, but then, of course, I might think that we top out somewhere in that area. So I do think that we could get one more drive. Biggest thing for me also is going to be watching WTI, right? How does that perform? Well, today when it, that news did come out, we spiked there towards 75.50s. And the big thing for me, do we get into the 80s or do we get in the 60s with crude oil? That's going to make a big difference on how these oil stocks trade. Technology is the second leading sector. As you can see here, they're trying to bring it back. What is doing well today? Internet content information. Of course, you guys can just look at the leading stocks there. High cap names like Google getting a nice little push back today. You guys can see Google pushing back. Nice little chart here. Looks like it's trying to get back here into the 89.50. We'll see if it takes that next step up. Of course, uh, this is a nice little pattern here. We'll see if we get it up there. Nice ascending triangle for the break. Look to see if we get that next lift here. And it starts pushing through. Meta having a strong day also. Continuing the lift. Will Meta turn around? It's been a really good name since pretty much, we'll look at it as November 3rd, right? Since then, it's made about a 49% move in Meta platforms. Hope somebody was able to capture that nice trade there. 
All right, let's keep going. Consumer Cyclical, we just heard from J.D. Hatfield. What did he talk about? He said, well, if the market's going to come back and we're going to be ripping, keep an eye on high beta stocks. What does high beta mean? Well, these are stocks that move fast when we have that market moving, right? The volatility. Beta is a measure of that volatility to the market. And so when the SPY moves big, these stocks move that much more than, let's say, a low beta stock. Okay, so a lot of those stocks are going to be in your consumer cyclical sector also. So you're talking your gambling stocks. You're talking your department stores, right? Macy's getting a little bit of a lift today. Things like this. These are the stocks that could get moving if we're not going to go into a recession and start having the positive outlook of, let's say, uh, the Fed cutting rates or at least paused on rates and the labor market hasn't broken and economy not showing extreme weakening. All right, we'll see what happens there. Definitely can keep going. Just wanted to talk about consumer cyclical there just to, so you guys can understand the interesting area for me, financial services, right? Talked about how Visa is one of my favorite charts right now. And this is just technically wise. Look at this chart. It's still looking good here as it's making its way back towards the 220. We were looking into the 206 area on this pullback. So it's already made like a nice 5% move. We'll look to see if it can keep going. I say you want to see MasterCard also continue the push. These have not been doing too bad of a move here. Of course, these aren't the biggest movers, but not bad stocks by any means right now. JPM is one that has just stayed strong. You guys can see it here on the daily push back above now holding the 136 pullbacks. That's going to be the support for me right now around the 135, 136 area. If that can hold through the earnings, maybe you can start really pushing back. These stocks have been really strong, haven't turned around. Will the earnings turn them around? Something to keep in mind. Of course, all the banks will be starting to report Friday as we keep going on into the next week. As we start to kick off the week, uh, that's going to be at the end of the week. So don't miss right here, team, on pre-market prep Friday. It's going to be big. A lot of earnings coming through. CPI would have already hit. So there's going to be some action definitely to talk about in the banks. For that being said, Goldman Sachs is one that we were watching at 350. Having another good day going to 357. There was so many bottoming action that that's what started showing me that maybe we could take a shot on Goldman Sachs and at least understand that 340s could be our risk spot. Now looking for the push back here towards potentially if the earnings are good. Maybe we get back to 385, 390s. And then if we get through that, potentially 400, we'll have to wait and see on the earnings. All right, catching up with the chat comments. Want to go ahead and take a second to take a look at what you guys are watching out there. I know that you guys are talking a lot about looks like some lab U. That's some biotech intraday play. Let's take a look at lab U, right? Lab U, of course, is you're looking at biotech bull stocks. Uh, this, this one's a little bit trouble to kind of play, right? Because at the end of the day, how much does it lift, right? It lifts about 62 cents, average true range, right? ATR is the way that I look at that. And it doesn't mean that it's always going to be a 62 cent move, but what does it does? It just gives us the average volatility in the move. And you guys can see here, like the average uh, move yesterday was 64 cents. And where was the ATR at 64? That's what it's all about, right? 
What is the volatility there? And also, I think an important thing to look at, are we increasing or decreasing? Looks like we're decreasing here. We want to see that expansion of the ATR to show us that we want to take that next step up. That's why I like looking at, like, let's say, like an IBB here. This one looks a little bit different. It's trying to get back up there. Of course, moves about two bucks compared to a lab U that moves only 60 cents. But it's like always, you guys choose what you guys like to trade. That's what it's all about. Gilead starting to make a little bit of a bounce back today. Moderna making a little bit of a bounce back in biotechs. And I said, if we're going to come back, these probably need to really quickly come back. BNTX and Moderna, they are bouncing back today. We'll look to see if we can actually hang on. Regenron took the hit yesterday, starting to make its way back. All right, Kevin talking about natural gas. Let's take a look at natural gas. A lot of people trade it with, of course, uh, the boil um, and or UNG. And you guys can see it also came right back down. And this is my problem with boil. Every time we get a little bit of a pop, even that which is a little bit short-lived. What I would say on these natural gas plays is I like playing them more in the intraday action. Day trade style, ride the momentum, and take the gains because – I've ran into multiple times where Boyle has even stopped me out on a move like this where I feel like I got a really nice entry, let's say yesterday, 13. It gets a nice little move to 14. You see it pull back. You're like, well, maybe we bounce off of the 13 and we're right back up there. Nope. It, overnight action, you're right back down to $12. So just be careful out there, team. Don't want you guys to get caught on moves like this. And like always, just understand your risk. That's what it's always about because – if you really look at Boyle, you'll see that the moves sometimes are a little bit bigger than even what you expect to happen there. And that overnight action of a drop about like a, a buck that hurts you and could blow right through your risk. All right, catching up out there. I see a lot of mentions here, so I'm going to keep trying to go through it. Florida, Florida is talking about spot. I'm going to do my best to go through stocks that you guys are mentioning today. Love the conversations that you guys are having. You guys are staying active. I got you, team. I'll go through it. Uh, Spotify, right? Spot here. Spotify getting a nice little lift here. Nice little push back. I think this is one internet content information and getting the lift also with the Google news. Uh, well, Google getting a nice little push up. That's going to be a nice little level to watch. I think what also I like about this stock is just how it's been holding the pullbacks. Look at the four-hour chart as you can just been kind of stair-stepping your way back here towards the 90. And I think overall, Spotify isn't having a bad move here. It's really starting to get back. The big thing is when you get back to 95, do you just come right back down? Right now, I think the next stop for it logically for me is going to be to fill this gap a little bit, get back there towards 95, and then watch out because you could run into a little overhead supply. All right, we'll see what happens there on spot. Let's keep going. Triple B, why popping now? Just keep your eyes out there, team. Lots of stocks moving. Elon STX, STX computer systems. Ooh, this one looks interesting on the weekly. Um, the daily has a lot, a lot more kind of chop there. But if you bring it to the weekly, you can see how much you've you've tried to come through this fifty-eight multiple times. You came down one, up one, down two, up two, down three, up three. Normally, I'd be looking for. This to have been the downside that breaks. But since it didn't break, a lot of the times we'll just come right back to the resistance to test the pattern. If we break through that 58 
and start using it on what we call a throwback look where the stock goes up here, let's say towards maybe even 61 or 62, then pulls back and uses that 58 as support, that's what I'd be looking for. Maybe catching a part of the position here, looking for the position on the throwback, and then looking to take that next ride back up towards this maybe 66, 68 area. Now, of course, you can choose where you want to be putting entries. If it's more on the throwback look or the breakout, but that's the way that I'd be looking at STX. All right, uh, nailed SMMT, says the crow. This is one that I've been watching for a while. Um, and the big part about this one is I like daily charts of cheaper stocks. When I look at cheaper stocks, I want to see a long-term daily chart that shows me that this stock is stair-stepping up, building volume, and taking that next step up. SMMT did a nice little pattern here, took the next step up, pulled back towards the support, now trying to take that next lift up towards the 450s this one has been getting back there summit therapeutics we'll look to see if it continues but like always one of the things that i don't want to see on the daily chart is just pops and drops that's what you see a lot of the times in different stocks that those really concern me not to be you know bringing up a specific company but you know things like this where you're seeing just pops and drops pops and drops right well, those are how you really can get caught. All right, uh, GS laying off people, definitely, uh, probably mine, N-U-W-E. Don't know this one, but I'll take a look right quick. Looks like it's an $8 stock. It just did a, looks like a reverse split here. Not what you want to see. Uh, definitely, if it can't even get back to the split spread, uh, split price, that's not a good sign. This one looks like it's coming right back down. Dip being uh, bought in uh, DE. Let's take a look right quickly. Deer, yes, look at that reversal right back to the upside. This is why I like industrials. I've been calling DE for so long now. It's kind of frustrating that I'm not in this play because we were looking at it back here, even when it did this decline, right? And when it did this breakout. Now, cat, will it keep going? Picar, right? Picar is probably one that's playing lag. And if these are going to make the next step up, cat and deer, this is one that I'd be looking to play the lag effect. And so what do I mean by lag effect, right? There's a lot of times what we call leader laggard style trade. So if we're looking into farm and heavy construction, right? There's leaders, right? You look at the heavy cat, high cap there, uh, cat, right? DE, then right behind that, Picar. If you use all three charts to kind of, Look at the outlook, right? What is it going on? Is one leading the other? A lot of the times you can play the leadered laggard style play where you're just trying to play catch up on the stock on the one that's leading. So you guys could saw as of late, and let me go here to the daily chart here on cat. Cat had recently started to push, right? Started pushing through the high. That's why some people were surprised when deer was down here. And that told me that deer could come back, right? If cat was going to stay strong, probably deer would make that comeback. Now you're seeing it come back right to that trend line. Will Picard just come back up through that 100, through that 101? Well, I'd be watching the next kind of follow through on deer. Can it get back here towards 444? And for cat, can it get back through the 250 and continue a nice level move up 
That is going to be the moves that will probably get Picard right back up there towards the 106. We'll see what happens on the farm and heavy construction machinery industry. All right, I got one more for you guys. Stocks that you guys are calling out. It's you guys running the show today. Let's go to Boot. Boot. Let's get the Boot. All right, this is going to be an apparel store. Getting a nice lift here. I uh, like the chart overall. It looks a little bit uh, kind of like an inverse head and shoulders. This would be the head. This would be the left and right shoulder. Now you're starting to make it way back up through. 68 is a nice little level that it kind of just broke through. I'd look for pullbacks around that level, if not going back here towards the 65. So somewhere in between here, I'm looking for pullbacks, right? I don't want to get it up here on this expansion, going to look for some pullbacks below towards 67 for it to take its next step up. But of course, why is this going to get the step up? That's one thing that we need to catch. Do we have any news related to this? So let me just really quickly, I'm bringing up the boot here and just taking a look. Uh, looks like we're trading higher after, of course, economic data. Hmm, registering 5.9 preliminary sales growth in Q3. This doesn't look too bad. And the PE is only at 13. Ford, uh, the industry average is around 15. So it's not high priced either. This is one that I'd keep watch. It could definitely take that next step up. I'd be looking for a little bit of a pullback, but it doesn't look bad on the PE wise. It doesn't look bad on the daily. First thing to watch for is the 200 day moving average, which is a move to 71. From there, we're going to have to really start building back the drive but not a bad stock to keep watch. I haven't been watching this stock before. Something that you even put on my radar today, R. Ross. All right, we'll keep watching. We'll see what else is making moves. I'm done taking stocks from you guys. We'll go back towards the headlines. Let's go to that Soterra stock, which was SHC. This stock was getting the lift today. Big push. We'll look to see if it can continue pushing. Look at the move it's already made, even in the intraday. I have it on the five so you guys can see a little bit more of the action. Why is this stock moving? It's all about Soterra Health moving after the company on Monday announced a settlement in litigation in Illinois. So this really getting the lift here. We'll see if it can continue pushing. It made a nice little move up there to 18. Now trying to hold some pullback. I'd look for pullbacks closer towards 15 uh, to get back into this name. But we'll look to see if it can continue making move S. Uh, SHC, Soterra Health Company. All right, let's keep going. We'll take a look at a different stock that did give some pre-announcement, which was Crocs. Crocs gave fiscal year 22 revenue at $3.55 billion versus a $3.51 billion estimate. Let's go to the daily chart as this has been trying to keep the drive going. I think you just look for this 9 EMA to keep holding. Right now, it's holding really well on the drive. And it seems like when Crocs has a tendency of trending a little bit, it holds that 9 EMA, eventually cracking it and going sideways. But for right now, the trend's your friend. And I'd be sticking to that kind of light. Uh, this is my light blue line here. That's the EMA. That's a 9 EMA. We'll see if this can continue making a lift. Really wouldn't want to see it ever breaking that 100 because I feel like the trend will start breaking. Nike's another way to keep watching this. I think you see keep... Nike just stair step up. Well, I think you start, you keep watching that croc stair step up. So as long as that's doing well right now, we're looking good. And one that's been doing really well to keep in watch is deck. This hasn't turned around, 
the trends your friend in this one look at this trend line here look how beautiful it held on the trend line and now it's bouncing back getting back up there towards the 400 410 range this was a good opportunity on december 20th i remember i talked to a wedbush analyst right here on stock market movers when it was on that level and this was one of his top stocks that he was even uh that he's covering all right that's gonna do it on this end of of course deck and footwear today nike's gonna be definitely stocks to watch but of course Keep watching the big tech names. How is Tesla doing today? Can't believe I almost got through the whole show without talking about Tesla. You guys can see it rejected the VWAPs today. I'd actually be looking for a short here, but that's just me, right? Because I like to short off the VWAP a lot of the times, kind of a VWAP fade outlook. But the overall market, what's going to happen there? Are we going to continue to rise or are we going to start cracking this kind of trend that you can see here? This is a five minute, so you can maybe put it to a 15 to kind of see a little bit clearer. But we've been holding the trend stair stepping up. Well, we come right back down. Q's earlier tried to crack to the downside, went to 269, started making its way back. We'll have to wait and see. It's definitely been a tough day. It's not just been straight up. We'll see what happens in some of these tech names. Definitely Meta, keep that one on watch. Spy overall top movers on the day. TMO getting a nice little lift right out the gates. We'll look to see if this comes right back down. Steel Dynamics talked about how the recent move in steel has been looking to be pretty consistent. Steel Dynamics definitely getting a lift. Cleveland Cliff hasn't been strong as of late. You can see that steel stock getting a little bit of a bounce there. X, X starting to push, trying to get back through the 2750 level. This one actually not looking too bad, starting to show even a bullish cross. I want to see the 200 actually start moving upward here. NUE is another way that you can be trading steel with leader in Nucor as that's getting a nice little step up. Aluminum also having a decent day there. Alcoa getting a nice little push. Look at the last two days, really big lift there. Um, let's look at one more area, copper, SCCO. I've been talking about this one uh, for a while now. We've been talking about this one since 50, team. We drew these lines there in October. We were looking at this one, and it's just it broke out from that 50 and hasn't turned around. Since then, it's been about a 40% move there. SCCO, FCX, another one too. You can trade these kind of very similar, maybe even pairs trade them. We'll see what happens. Having a decent day there. 2.73% from the open. Same as SCCO, just to kind of note that. All right, R. Ross, you get one more, man. You gave me a good one earlier. I got you. PACB. Let's take a look at that. Last one I'll take a look at, diagnostics and research stock. The only thing that I can see on this is that it has done a little run in the past and just came right back down. But at least you're getting through the daily trend line. Uh, daily trend line had that break there on the nines, and you didn't even come back to that nine. So that's something definitely to note. As you come a little bit ways away from there, you could pull back at any point in time to that area. I would be looking actually for that pullback closer towards 925, 9, and then look for the lift. A lot of the times I'm looking for what they call throwbacks. Whenever we break through a breakout period, what we want to be watching a lot of the times is, let's say if you were a bull, you bought on that breakout, you wanted to reload 
reload on that pullback and really show you that slingshot type of move. What that does is that helps, of course, you buying through those sellers, right? And then the bulls really taking control by being on the bid on that pullback and then shooting right back up towards the lift. This one's not a bad one to watch. I definitely wouldn't want it to break, let's say, nine on the daily chart. It's okay to break it in the intraday. Maybe do a little wick trick right back up. Something to keep watch. P-A-C-B, not bad eyes, my friend. Uh, it's, I haven't think I've seen you here too often, R. Ross, but appreciate you joining in today and throwing up some tickers. And you guys in the chat, don't be hiding back there. If you guys are new, have a stock. You guys want to take a look at, throw it up. That's what it's all about here. Maybe it's just an outlook. I see this like this. I see a setup here. What do you see, Mitch? I can't tell you what to trade, but I can definitely tell you what I see out there. That's why I study. That's why I keep trying to up my skills. You guys know I'm working hard on the CMT, and I hope that you guys always work hard to up your skill. Last one, we talked about boil, steady growth. So if you want, just rewind a little bit. Don't want to kind of recap it because we we literally just talked about it just a few minutes ago. Um, but other than that, I think I'm going to start wrapping up here, get you guys over to the roadmap action where they're saying, the winter is coming. Don't miss it, team. Find out what's going on in the NFT space and how you guys can be ready for the next wave. Like always, there's always waves to assets, just like there was waves to the cannabis game. And I think in the long run, potentially could get us massive returns. Like always, there's waves to the game. Got to know when things are in that down wave and when that next up wave is coming. I'll see you guys a little bit later on at the close. Up next, you guys have the roadmap getting into some NFT action with, of course, Chris Catchy. See you guys in a little bit.